0: Hey man, you wanna hit it something that'll keep you revved up like a new red Corvette? I'll give you a bump. The first hit is always free. No? Well, you're a lost, man. Say, oh, sorry about that, but uh, humor me. How do you think Diana Ross stays the boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you how. Better yet, after a few lines of this stuff, I'll show you just how she hits those Goddamn high notes. Oh man, that sound is better than anything off the records. Well, I ain't getting any younger. Oh, <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Woo. This is some good shit, I'll tell you what. God- Damn, I can go around with Larry Holmes after that. You sure you don't want to party? Hey, wait a second. Do I know you? You look familiar. Yeah, yeah, I've seen you somewhere before. Wait a second. Holy shit. Are you Dirk Diggler? Man, I've been a fan of your work for forever! That time you were in the hot tub with the broad with uneven tits, or in those spy movies of yours? I can't get enough of them! Don't get me wrong, the sex got me where I needed to go, but those stories were out of this world, man. Hey, uh, where were you heading? This place's a little dead anyway, you know, about any of those uh, big-shot parties happening around here, Dirk, my man? No? You're not in that racket anymore. Oh, come on. You were living the dream. You must be crazy if you really gave up on all that shit. What's that? Oh, yeah. You gotta go? All right, cool, cool. It was great meeting you, man, but uh, before you go, can you uh do a guy a favor? It's not a weird sex thing or anything like that. I mean, it, it kind of is, but uh, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. But uh. Can I see it? Jesus Christ! How do you even walk around with that thing, man? God bless you. Ladies, fellas, let's slip into something a little more comfortable, and then let's go out dancing tonight. There's this great club down the block, and on the marquee, parental advisory is in full effect as we roll into 1997's Boogie Nights. All we could say is, kid, with that face and that uh, indescribable talent of yours, you would make it far in this business. Want a bump?
1: was The most cultured I've been since I like watched An (laughs) Idiot Abroad.
0: Oh, with Carl Pilkington, (laughs) my boy! I love him. Friend of the show, (laughs) Carl Pilkington. (laughs) I wish uh, Ricky Depress has a new Netflix special out, apparently. Oh, yeah? It's like the highest paid
1: a Netflix comedian has been. That's a little surprising to me. I mean, I find his humor charming. I like his cackling. I mean, I do like his humor. You know, he was better a decade Mm -hmm. ago.
0: You know, that podcast was what started this podcast, though. Mm, it was really a great show. Oh, yeah. that
1: I didn't know. Honestly, it was probably mine, too, watching the uh, animated show on HBO. Oh, I love that. That was really damn good. I'm waiting for somebody to do that for us.
0: So, we're here today, ladies and gentlemen, with an episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. Matt is back, and along with our lovely
2: guest. <laughs> Come on, introduce yourself. You could add my voice out. It's impossible. Oh, not so nice,
0: we have but... Matt's girlfriend, the lovely.
2: April. Hi everyone! Hi! What's up? Not much. Not much? <laughs> it's my much. first time coming here, I'm really honored.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. you're so sweet! So do you have any uh, movie-going advice? Like, favorite movies, things you've recently seen, or...?
2: Uh, there is actually one movie I recently saw, and mm-hmm. I really I insisted that we should see it again. By we, I mean Matt. Mmm.
0: Because a... you're a thing now. You're a couple. Oh, I'll be along. I'll be right in the middle with that tub of popcorn with the coal, whole no, in the, no, a whole no, cut yeah. in the middle. Very yeah, suspicious. I told Matt. We're going to go see Isle of Dogs together. It's going to be lit.
3: Yep.
2: Okay, it's, um... Wait, what's the name of the movie that I tried to show you but Always Interrupted? Uh, oh, Amazon.
1: I believe it was The Dressmaker Oh yeah, exactly. I've never heard the of dressmaker. that! Tell me about it! You're
2: kidding me This one's really good It's um, the actress in that uh, I think she's one of my favorite English actresses Give you
0: three guesses. So oh, don't give again. me three guesses. I'm already drunk. <laughs> they audience, they had me drink All through right. a big bottle of wine. It's I got another good. big bottle of wine <laughs> to get through. So tonight it's gonna to be a little rough for me. And these two are gonna be holding up the podcast. And so. Not to mention our specialty That's
1: alcohol. Oh, mm, yeah.
0: I cannot soon. wait to wake up with a hangover tomorrow. Oh,
2: jeez. Okay,
0: <laughs> let me see. It's super easy. You should one and ask her. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> April. Honestly, Honestly like, it does, on. which is a
3: shame. <laughs>
2: Yeah, do you have a wild guess? I mean,
3: come on,
0: April. Everyone's won an Oscar except for Glenn Close, which is a crime. Really? From now on, she oh. hasn't won an Oscar officially. Oh no, Natalie Portman's won an Oscar.
2: Wow, it's gonna <laughs> be a long time. Yeah, it's gonna be a long time. That's a very <laughs> okay. vague Go question. Kate Winslet. Go through your roll. Oh, role Kate X. Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. All right,
0: well, she's won an Oscar for everything. <laughs> wow, well, that's true. The yeah, Dressmaker. Really I've never heard of it's this movie. Good yeah, yeah? watch her sometimes I assume she makes some dresses in that mm-hmm. Yes and uh, the whole story
2: is kind of like a fairy tale but in a dark set this uh, why
0: didn't you bring this movie tonight April I would have been into this shit <laughs> let's
2: do it yeah, let's do it <laughs> It's all about last minute right Yeah, yeah. true
0: true. That Kate Win's the dressmaker Wow I'm into that yeah we did have the Oscars. Ooh. That we've um, got to discuss, even though no one saw them but me.
1: I, yeah, well, you I were on a coming, cruise ship? I was on a cruise, they they were not live streaming it. Much no, they my ain't got no sub- Wi-Fi
0: man. on that cruise. That's not They'll not make you sit there.
1: That... Yes, for free. Sorry.
2: Oh my God, April, did you <laughs> go, go with him? Through. No, I didn't. That's you should. Why I made so many pranks. So when he first got the Wi-Fi, asked me who won the Oscars. So I said, "Oh my God, terrible news! The Oscars got canceled." I wish (laughs) they got the wrong card again. (laughs) I would have loved that. This
0: Oscars was a boring fest. There was nothing exciting about it. Really, I was not entertained.
1: Any, any big upsets? Oh,
0: well, I've got these notes here that I'm just going to read through as quick okay. as I can. So I remember so was, I, I,
1: I was looking through the selected winners. That was one of yeah. the first things I did when well, I got Wi-Fi.
0: Before we even get to the winners, we're going to start with that host, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he yeah. ain't ever make me laugh. Really? I don't find him funny. Hot take. Woo. I like me some Jimmy. Oh, God, God. I, I cannot him. stand Jimmy Kimmel. It's <laughs> not why is he hosting?
1: It's because it his so name funny. is Jimmy. Network needs at least one Jimmy. This
0: there. is true. I mean he gave a good attempt, but me, I'm just bitter okay. and I could not take his comedy the entire night. He made about two jokes <laughs> that I laughed at. Doug Jones from The Shape of Water was in full makeup and okay. he did not even get a mention Wait, Doug Jones, the Freaky who Fishman was, yeah, yeah. from Shape he was of in Water. Full makeup. full makeup the entire night did not get a mention. Really? They said Fishman from Shape of Water is here, not Doug Jones. <laughs> And I felt so bad about
1: it. Up uh, to him. He's in the audience. In yeah! Ooh, he was I right in the next audience okay. next
0: to Sally Hawkins. That's
1: awesome. Sally Hawkins of uh, Paddington fame. By oh, she's the way. in Paddington yeah, too? Yeah, I, I meant to bring that up. Oh shit, I gotta watch that <laughs> she movie. She don't. I, I didn't know what she sounded like until I watched Paddington.
0: Oh my god. So uh, Greta Gerwig was the first woman director nominated in eight years, Ooh, which fantastic. we did not know about, but she did not win. Okay, I take that back. Which was a <laughs> yeah, bit cut, of a letdown, cut right? Out, cut that out in post. That's yeah. an emotional well, April, the as you've yet to been informed, I'm the biggest Lady Bird hater oh, she's been listening. in the world.
2: I yeah. Actually, but yeah. I
0: felt bad about this. I was like, damn, Greta Gerwig should have won something.
1: Oh. Wait, so best director, yeah. I went to. <laughs>
0: Guillermo won everything at this award, which I'm all for, and I was yeah. surprised by. I was like, my God, Guillermo's winning everything. Latinos have been taking it. Yeah. Just, you know, to bring
1: that. Man, up it was his
0: Alejandro. year, and I was so happy about it. Damn. Yeah, with uh with uh, Birdman.
1: Yeah, Inyar Iñár-
0: Well, they're all like a, a thing, right? Those three. Like
1: collective. Yeah, the other guy. I should probably know. (laughs) What's
0: your ethnicity officially?
1: Uh, Officially, they made it Ecuadorian and Puerto Rican. So, mm -hmm. well, not Mexican like uh, Guillermo del Toro or whatever the other guy. I think Mexican as well, Alejandro Inarritu. But yeah, there's a third.
0: Best supporting actor first award went to Sam Rockwell.
1: I love Three Billboards. I was into it. Oh into no, Matt. Rewatch that movie. Matt, we that movie. Was Sam
0: Rockwell is a fine actor, but that movie is not a fine movie. I think,
1: I think it does his acting justice. It does. He I deserves this, no, something. But I think too. the writing uh, was. I think the script was good enough for mm. Sam Rockwell.
0: But uh the next award was uh,
1: makeup and hairstyle. Okay. Which went to Darkest Hour. I didn't see it, but I hear Gary Oldman makes a really great uh, church. That's up. not Darkest is it? Yeah, Darkest Hour. Oh
0: yeah that is. I'm thinking of Dunkirk, which also swept oh. everything. Sorry. There was no makeup me. in that. Yeah, I know, they were just soldiers <laughs> on the front. But <laughs> yeah, that fat suit did win him a lot apparently. <laughs> Costume design obviously went to Phantom Thread, which was a movie based
1: entirely around costume design the movie you know. the movie that made Daniel Day-Lewis quit his career I doubt that he'll totally <laughs> yeah, be back now. again he's done this before back in the 90s with Lincoln
0: no he even no, did that with like, really? I think there were hints about that with Lincoln he was like I'm gonna quit after That's this fair. movie and then he came right back <laughs>
1: he, he couldn't do what he did after Lincoln with this movie which was he went so far <laughs> deep into the into his method acting that he became the character in real life like now he is like pretty much the guy from Phantom Thread. he's doing costume design he's doing he's like designing dresses supposedly he's into fashion now yeah That's apparently Finally, he
0: switched over to costume designer, which I give him kudos for. But yeah. I think he'll totally bid back for he pulled, acting. He
1: pulled a Kanye. <laughs> he did pull he a Kanye. fashion.
0: Uh, documentary Icarus wins over Faces Places. I I've watched I, any of the documentary categories. One. I'm a bad uh, Oscars viewer. Oh yeah, but man. um, who isn't? I mean, I always want to watch the documentaries, but I heard that Faces Places was the main contender for this category. You know what they're about, either of those? I I did when I wrote this, but now that it's three <laughs> weeks later, I don't, yeah, Matt. No clue. Uh, Mary J Blige was nominated for Song and Supporting Actress for the first time in history. Okay. Someone's been nominated for both of those oh, for that's Mudbound. Cool. Interesting. Even though Mudbound apparently. Got robbed. I haven't seen
1: it yet. Because there have been musicals. I mean, I suppose the the people singing the songs in musicals are not the ones. But do they sing the songs
0: song? though, Matt, or are they dubbed? Is the
1: whole question? Oh, that's very possible too.
0: Now that you're on with me in this podcast, we have to <laughs> uh, delve into that topic. Uh, sound editing. Went to Dunkirk. Which and mixing. I think I wanted something else. You oh, wanted baby driver. Baby, driver baby driver to win. We all want a baby driver to win. But
1: Dunkirk is also good. You know what I imagine we'll win this year? For some reason Dunkirk, which I know is the opposite of like a silent <laughs> film, but it reminds me of just kind of like the void of uh, the lack of noise around you, like living in a vacuum. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt. I got that from watching it so too. I think next year's Oscars, I'm gonna put in an early prediction for uh, John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Definitely get some sound mixing and editing. I notes. haven't seen it. Is it good? Oh, Is no, that the guy from The Office? I don't think it's out yet. He, he directs now. Apparently, I think this mm. is his first film, and it's been getting pretty good reviews. Mm-mm. You've seen, uh, I'm sure you've seen the commercials, the trailers, where it's pretty much all quiet. It's all yeah, silent. Yeah, I like did. I did see that recently, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, that's that's John Krasinski.
0: Wow!
1: Look at these actors doing other things. That's crazy. <laughs> Is there a difference? Does anything win sound mixing and five? We've discussed, We've
0: discussed this in the podcast that they don't know the difference yeah, before April, exactly who is still here right now.
3: Oh
0: my god. <laughs> Eyes rolling in yeah. our Oscars discussion. Oh, they did the, the box thing. The box they thing. did like three boxes with three directors.
1: Okay.
0: Remember what they did last year so when they like... took like a commercial and they gave three like separate directors yeah, that commercial? Yeah, yeah. They did the same thing with a box and they had to put it to a specific genre. And okay. D-Rez did hers in sci-fi. And my next note was, Lupita's glasses are everything. So <laughs> apparently that just wafted right over my head. And Lupita Nyong'o presented with her glasses. And I was obsessed by that. Ooh, I, I didn't take very good I was drunk during this too. I'm in the
1: market for new glasses. So. But
0: they did that short film thing. They had like Melissa, Car- M- Melissa McCarthy. Uh-huh. They had D-Rez. And they had one other person.
1: But I do appreciate them doing it. I like the concept. I think they did but, it last year and it was like a commercial for Walmart or yeah, something. Yeah, it never
0: lands though. Yeah. Like This year was just... Just cardboard boxes and i remember they had like a little girl in the cardboard box going like oh i'm in a sci-fi world now and they switched over to like a live action sci-fi thing and the little girl was like you'll never take me and they kept switching back that
1: seems cool very, it was all right player one
0: is. the oscars are already long enough we should just <laughs> cut this shit anyway yeah. they already That's ran true. long and i thought they were going to be quick oscars this year mm. little did i know so <laughs> production design first award for guillermo
1: uh, what else was nominated?
0: Uh, I didn't write that down,
1: <laughs> Matt. You think I took comprehensive notes? Well, I'm, honestly, I'm still not even sure what production design entails. What it, I assume it's, it's like lighting setting, and sets. yeah. lights, yeah. Which I don't and know, apparently I don't know he based it, it off
0: that. this uh, painter, which I don't have in the notes right now. Oh, but uh, well, that's pretty cool. He took inspiration straight from that. And if you look at some of this dude's paintings or woman's paintings, I haven't. I'm oh, too drunk to configure right now. But he, It looks exactly remote. like the... yeah.
1: Always plagiarizing. <laughs> No, No, not plagiarizing, but using to his benefit. No, just that that whole controversy. And I
0: cannot believe you missed this, Matt. The next moment was probably the greatest moment of the Oscars this year. Okay. Miss Rita Moreno from West Side Story came out post in a dress that she wore from her previous Oscars 40 years ago or so. And said, I'm here to present, bitch, and I'm here to win. (laughs) And she stole the show, <laughs> really? Ms. Rena Moreno, from West Side Story, She's which we, we watch on this podcast. Matt, have you ever seen West Side Story? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. Okay, as a, a Hispanic, you best have April. <laughs> have you ever seen West Side Story? Sadly, you no. Know. Oh, you mm. will be invited back to see <laughs> this culmination of
1: music and movie mm-hmm. history. Too much applause. Was she on stage? Was she accepting like a Lifetime Award? No. Just invited back? She That's was presenting
0: cool, the foreign language film. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think she should have gotten a Lifetime Achievement Award. Even mm-hmm. though she's been in, I think she was in The King and I too. Um, I
1: haven't seen it. I've heard of it. You know me and <laughs> all
0: my musicals. I've seen them all. I appreciated her being there. That was the, the high point of the night. Because she, like, stole she, the show. Everyone was clapping and shit, and I was like, good. Do you think it yeah. was the same dress
1: she wore for It was the years? exact yeah. same dress because she showed uh, pictures from her previous. No, but do you think, like, it's been the same one in her closet? I think so. I
0: think so because it was, like, that old fashioned, yeah, but yeah. I don't think she changed it at all. I think yeah. it was the exact same.
1: Yeah, because foreign language films, they never really enter common theaters in uh, in the United States. But I've learned recently that Jersey Gardens... Well, I haven't learned this, but I, I've always kind of known this. You're giving away
0: too much. They can hunt us oh, down, Matthew. Oh Jersey <laughs> Gardens. We kind
1: of want them
0: Hey, to yo, I love a Jersey Gardens yeah. showing. I've had my best movie going, like ghetto oh, experiences yeah. at Jersey, Jersey Gardens. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw Transformers 2 there, baby. It was one of the best experiences of my life. That is like my top... Even though Transformers 2 is not a movie, Mm-mm. but that was my top cinematic viewing experience of a movie, of all it's a time.
1: punishment. So, yeah, that's awesome. From <laughs> like, what you've described, it seems great.
0: You've never seen a movie at Jersey Gardens at like midnight on opening? I don't I think so. I never You hurry, need to. I should. Transform- oh, April, <laughs> what are you doing?
2: Yes, because we were talking about uh, foreign films the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. Because I told him that there's a huge hit in uh, Chinese theater. Yeah, what is it? Uh, it's called The Youth. I think. I think I've heard of really, it's it. Really yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, like it's, it was a huge hit in China. Wow. So I was trying to to watch it somewhere here. Yeah, but you couldn't I, find it. Exactly. Because it's but, America, baby. We don't um, got that. My God, mm. I mean this free world. I know. <laughs> trying to find a movie, but no way. And it's
1: weird because we're right next to New York, but even New York doesn't play. A no, lot of as we've learned with those limited showings
0: uh, that I oh, yeah. hate, they need to be done with. Mm-hmm. I ain't got time to wait around for a movie to be
1: premiered. You wanted to see I, You wanted to see Isle of Dogs? Best go to LA. Ugh. I still don't even know if, like, the disaster artist or I, made it to our local theaters. Mm. I think they never did. Right. Unbelievable.
0: So, supporting actress... We have none other than my girl Allison Janney winning for oh, I, Tanya. No. I was so happy. No, I, it's so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ooh, Lori Lori Metcalf. Medcalf was oh. nominated. and She deserved it as well, yeah. audience. I'm not gonna it was a drag Lady category. Bird through the mud. It was a tough category, really but tough. my girl Allison, Allison Janney,
1: Janney, nine to five theater bitch right I, there. That's not what I would have expected. I what mean, do you I mean? Don't, I don't, Allison Janney. I only know her mostly from like comedies, which never really get a lot of oscar love and this is a comedy but it's the rare you know mm. comedy that uh has a lot of dramatic elements and is recognized by the uh but the she won White academy has she been nominated for an oscar before? Matt,
0: you're asking me these questions <laughs> that i couldn't possibly know without further research i don't know if she's been nominated before but she oh won tonight which is
1: it's <laughs> awesome i still haven't seen it Tanya. what yeah I- Hey, what? It's that limited release schedule, man. I got
0: a bootleg right in the other room. You can borrow it from me. I'm not gonna ask it back. I mean I didn't say it in the podcast, but I mean hypothetically, yeah. I would have a bootleg in all the other hypothetical. room. Of course, I would never illegally download a movie or two. <laughs> we have to talk about these commercials because they showed the Roseanne reboot and I was not feeling it, man. Really? I Do you know how Roseanne ended, Matthew Cabrera? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. John Goodman
0: go to... dies in the last episode of Roseanne. And you know what? He's right back to life in the reboot.
1: Wait, did I know that? I don't think I knew that. That's that's when uh, it was all a dream, right? The whole series was like. Her no, that's writing. Saint elsewhere. No, but Roseanne did it too. Like, well, I, I think mean, the whole, the she whole did. Show yeah, yeah. It Was like part of her book, a journal, like or book. Yeah. yeah, every like all the events were skewed.
0: But Roseanne Barr is a crazy person in this yeah, day and age. Apparently, she's. I think she's playing a Trump supporter in the show, but I don't know her political leanings. But no, apparently, I've f- she
1: I've, for some reason I've like know a lot about this upcoming Disney oh, well, reboot. Oh, discuss, apparently please. Apparently, it does not get very political. Thankfully, thank God. And the times it does get political, um, it kind of pokes fun at both sides, which I think is fair because typically, uh, historically, Roseanne has been kind of like a working class show. Yeah. And I think, She's played a working class person, yeah. And the working class kind of has issue with politicians in general. I, I think... Well, she did meet
0: Hillary Clinton in one episode. Really? She, uh, fought off some terrorists. Oh, that...
1: That I didn't know.
0: I think some uh, Saudi Arabian terrorist in that episode. And then Hillary Hmm. Clinton, uh, a guest actor, comes to speak to her about it.
1: That's very strange. Possibly problematic. I'm not sure. A very problematic... Where's my Golden Girls reboot? (laughs) But no, apparently there's good things. uh, Yeah, that'd be nice. Speaking of reboots,
0: Matt, did you uh, see the Heathers reboot? Oh, I did not. (laughs) Next episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to discuss that Heathers
1: reboot. We're going to get... Into it. I forgot about it because there was a lot of buzz the first week it was out and then it just. Yeah, because it's shit. <laughs> it, it's heard shit. I haven't anything about it since then. Good.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. Go April, do not watch it with. Well, you know what? Watch him with him, April, and be like, <laughs> what am I watching
2: right now? Or who am I dating right now? Yes, well, please.
1: Hey, it's judge not- him harshly. <laughs> I'm not going to like it. Well, we'll see. Maybe if I do like it. Ooh, that's a litmus test. Like it. Throw me out of this second story window.
0: All right, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty right now. Screenplay. Call me by your name probably you
1: know fine. did you know
0: that. that movie was based on a book I did I did not it's, it's unexpected apparently he's
1: been like in the game for a while that writer Uh, the the author of the novel
0: I think no the screenwriter who oh, adapted really? the novel unless okay. he did
1: both I don't I heard he did a fantastic job adapting it and it's <laughs> interesting because I feel like a lot of these kinds of novels um, yeah. or at least the movie that came out as a result like Call Me By Your Name the film No, it's very interesting. I wouldn't have thought that it would be based on a book because of just the kind of style film that it is. It seems very like coming of age, Mm -hmm. very like Derwig, um, Noah Barbach. Like, their Mm -hmm. films are not based on existing material. It's just coming from their own mind. So it seems a lot like in that vein. Mm -hmm. And to have. I would imagine. I haven't read the book. I probably should, but I don't read. I can't read. I read. I haven't read the book, though. I um, need to. I imagine it's very introspective, and to, like, capture that on film yeah. is, like, I'm sure Apparently, it's Apparently, the movie's really long, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? How long do you... Uh... I
0: think, like, bridging on three hours. Ooh. Wow. That, yeah. It's yeah, a surprising So, film. anyway, original screenplay goes to our boy, Jordan Peele, with yep. Get Out, which... I'm, I'm I happy feel, with. I'm happy with, but I think he deserved more.
1: I'm happy with I'm happy with that from a representation viewpoint. And it's a great film, but I do think it does... He was the few. first black person exactly. to win
0: that uh, award.
1: Which I think is well-deserved. But it may... I feel like it maybe could have gone to someone else. No. I don't remember who was nominated. I think it could have gone to someone else because I've heard mm-hmm. that this, that Get Out... Use a little closely to the Stepford Wives. It does. I've seen the Stepford Wives. I think it's very close and so I don't know if that... But
0: I don't... I think it's totally different though. Having seen both. Okay. I I think it's totally more impactful in today's day and age. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm speaking, I don't know, I would say from 10 feet away because I haven't seen the Stepford Wives. It's just like stuff that I've heard secondhand and it's pretty similar and uh, people weren't crazy about that aspect of it. Mm. But uh, it, it is a great film. It's... Nothing's wasted in it. It's very tight. You know what? Uh, I'm already turning, getting turned around on the screenplay thing. I think he does deserve it, but I, I would right. have to look at the other nominees as well.
0: All right, all right. So uh, at this point, Jimmy Kimmel, he made a joke <laughs> a about a. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, gravity, speed, and crashing planes, and uh-huh. I, I kind of died because every plane Harrison Ford uh, flies crashes, and uh, I got a he, he little. He breaks
1: something, but he always comes back. I
0: he got a little. Uh, it it warms my uh, dark dead heart right there with a, a Harrison Ford joke. So oh. I was like, all right, Jimmy Kimmel, I see you. <laughs> I'll see you, but then I didn't laugh for the rest of the night. Because as you... Did you know they had an ongoing joke about a jet ski this whole night? No. What so Jimmy Kimmel said to the audience, whoever makes the shortest acceptance speech wins a jet ski. And that was the theme of the night. And everyone... Made a long jet ski, except for, like, this one dude. They made a long jet ski? A long jet ski, like, except in speech. Like, one dude was like, thank you, I want the jet ski. Okay. And, like, everyone else ignored it. So it didn't even, like, happen. This could have been worked so much better. Yeah. I mean, he gets paid the big bucks, so who am I to decide? I'm just no one who talks on the internet for, you know, what, April? Nothing.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that's a joke that could only hit like within the first 10 minutes of the show and if you keep repeating it's just like oh okay we know how this goes
0: all right cinematography blade runner 2049 I think so apparently awesome. he's been nominated for like tens of other films before and hasn't won until this point really yeah
1: it's terrible that i haven't heard of him until deacons yeah mm. every frame of painting beautiful Drop there yeah that youtube channel i agree but... If there's any movie that's true about it, it's this one.
0: Controversial, but my favorite award, original score, Shape of Water, Alexander Desplat, who uh, does everything in the movie business. He's that is, done a,
1: That's his second year in a row winning, He's
0: done it? everything, man. He's <laughs> done uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. He's, he's done uh, Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban. He's done... He's Ooh. been around, baby. I think
1: he's, he won for Grand Budapest. Let's... Of
0: course it's got to go to Desplat. <laughs> uh, original song, Remember Me from Coco.
1: Very good. I, I yeah. think that oh, nice. was the.
0: Uh, I think next to Mary J. Blige, that was the best performance of the night. Okay. We Even though a lot of people were uh, championing for uh, um, that Call Me By Your Name song, which is like the hipster ballad.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's I don't probably. Know. That, I heard it and wasn't impressed, so. I, but I it's like a it Whisper song. It's like, yeah. I wanted to be, to be a lot hard. more than it was. Because it's Sufjan. Sufjan Stevens and I love, I love you. You would Sufjan. know better than I would. But apparently, that's the one thing I really want to see at the Oscars. He brought out like indie heavyweights to join him. I think... Uh, maybe Sam fun? No, it could be fucking that. I don't know. Uh, St. Vincent <laughs> joined him. Uh, yeah, and I just really wanted to watch that. Do you have any recollection of that performance? Was it good at all? It was, was alright, but I
0: felt like it. Mary J. Blige killed it because she's Mary J. Blige and okay. she was just there singing. And, like, judging from, like, I haven't really listened to the songs before, even though I'm, like, a music person. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah. I did like the Call Me By Your Name
1: song. Yeah, not crazy. Sufyan, the person who did that, he also did a song for Itania. Yeah. There were songs in Itanya that were... Maybe, like, during the credits, I'm not sure when it showed I, up, but he did do a no, song for No,
0: I heard, like, you know, some crazy 80s ballads, 90s ballads, <laughs> and that's about it in I, And it's, yeah, it's,
1: it's in that same kind of style, which is weird. I haven't
0: that seen Coco yet, though, it's, I have a bootleg. I
1: have a bootleg, okay. though, so it's on my list. Coco was one of my favorite Pixar films and But it's...
0: everyone says that about every Pixar oh, film. Oh, I don't. Except The Good
1: Dinosaur, which does not get a mention. For a lot of recent ones, I know they're great. Like, even Inside Out, I liked... I liked Inside Out. I didn't love. I didn't love. I think I like Coco more than Inside Out. Well, good. (laughs) I I definitely would uh, recommend it. Mm.
0: few awards left. We got Director Del Toro. I'm so proud of him. Uh, it was his year. I
1: don't know
0: He deserved that. every award. He was all 14 or so awards he was nominated for. That
1: was also what? That was Jordan Peele, right? Yeah, Brett Gerwig. Gerwig. Gerwig, yeah. I think Jordan Peele more than, I think no. he should have gotten director more than a screenplay. Hot take. Yeah, very I do not
0: feel that. It was Del Toro's year. He's been robbed ever since. I think it was his year. I love Shape of Water that
1: much. He has been robbed, but I just didn't think this movie was uh, up there for him. Hate on me, haters.
0: I love this movie.
1: Mm. I
0: love me some Freaky Fishmen in Baltimore. (laughs) Did you see it, April? Mm -mm. April, what are you doing? Nothing. Oh, Matt's got to show you some movies!
2: But, yeah, I remember his reaction to that movie so he saw it.
0: He was like, I ain't
2: feeling he's that. I no, yeah, <laughs> you go ahead. Oh, I asked
1: <laughs> her to pick up a fish costume for next time I see her well i would have been awoken something that's why movie. that's
2: what kept me from this movie I fishman <laughs>
0: kept you from this that's
1: movie no it no, is a movie deeper than that no i haven't let her see it because i feel like she would uh, leave me and find a fishman fish in baltimore I yeah strictly prohibited her from watching
0: it. Yeah. oh no so next we have lead actor gary oldman in darkest hour he wore a fat suit and he did that <laughs> Yeah, you know. yeah
1: yeah it's like it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's just very oscar Beatty, so there's not much to say about it. it's just like okay we can move on
0: all right so next we have lead actress francis mcdormand which i agree with yep
1: me too
0: i think she deserved it even though i don't i'm not a big fan of that movie after second viewing or third viewing of
1: it uh, which i i don't get it. i don't understand it's that not rate,
3: but... i
0: feel like it's not an american tale Wow. I, I like think that's the what. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I felt like you know, this a, is the I point where I'm like, like, Ooh, Greta Gerwig needs to like you <laughs> know, put something up. Let's uh nominate Cerys Ronan, or whatever her name is. I
1: feel like, uh, yeah, uh, sure sir, she, sir she, sir
0: she Ronan. I'm never gonna get it right, and it's not gonna matter because it's gonna uh, be done after this podcast. Take
1: a shot. Take a shot. Oh no. Miss- misspoken. No, but I think that's a Martin McDonough. Um,
0: yeah that's what he always does that yeah
1: in bruges yeah stereotypes about bruges and other parts of europe and things like that seven psychopaths okay there wasn't a lot of yeah geography there three billboards i think i don't think it's meant to be very true i don't think it's meant to be an accurate representation Mm. i think it's just meant to it's it's like a slightly heightened reality i mean i felt like she deserved it it but then
0: did you hear she got her award stolen from her
1: yeah that's, that's by that weird first... random
0: producer guy who's that's... like this is my award for the best producer. Really? And I'm like that's never an award. That's so Who would believe up. that? And he just walked around <laughs> with it. Best
1: producer. And he didn't that's like not...
0: get he got like a slap on the wrist for it too. <laughs> yeah, he kept saying like this the award for best producer. And I'm like that's not an what award. Any sane person in those parties
1: would have known that. That's like uh that tickles me in the same spot that hearing the the phrase best boy. Yeah, uh, I'm best boy. <laughs> I get the, I'm get. i the best boy award. <laughs> this is mine.
0: Oh, I can't believe that happened. That's she, like, so put weird. it down for a hot second, and that dude stole it from her.
1: Wow. That's the first Oscar news I, I heard all... On the cruise ship yeah, exactly. you were on. Because I was watching, like, CNBC. dubai They had, like, ten, <laughs> they had ten channels. It was, like, CNBC, yeah. ABC World News. Nothing I really particularly wanted no. to see. But on the ticker on the bottom, after talking about how, like, Bitcoin is crashing, <laughs> it was, like, um... Francis McDormand, Oscar Stolen, no leads yet. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm watching this from a very isolated <laughs> <Yeah>. perspective. <laughs> like, so Why? What? what the hell does yeah. that mean? Like I was thinking maybe they were referring she to She got mugged. Like, no, no, like as an expression, like, oh, they stole uh, that from her. Uh, True. But it was like, no, this no, is No, she had it. She thing. put it down dude. on the ground,
0: made her speech, forgot it there, and then some dude went up and stole it. <laughs> Somebody literally stole it. Oh, so wait. They and it stole was... it during her speech. I don't some... even know. Oh. It was like, afterwards, he just was walking around with it. And like, people were like, can I get a look at that? And he's like, no, it's for Best Producer. And it had Francis McDormand's name <laughs> on the Oscar. He
1: is a psychopath. I want
0: a movie about this dude. That's true. Like, Ooh, that's this is our The Room sequel so right here. Some...
1: <laughs> Somebody has to buy the rights for Best Producer. Oh that no! that be the name
0: of the film. Yeah, Best,
1: best Producer. Producer. Wow. Oh, let's get on I that. We should do this. We
0: should. But anyway, Best Picture went to The Shape of Water. Uh, My boy, I was feeling it.
1: I was I was hoping it would be Three Billboards. I really was. I haven't seen some of the nominees, but I, I watched Shape of Water. I wasn't crazy about it. I'm going to say the biggest thing that I didn't like about it was that weird villainous turn in the third act. I don't like how that came about.
0: I didn't quite, like frankly. how they threw that ready, uh, Eddie Redmayne look-alike out the window and he had the best shirts in the movie. That's all I'm going to say. I threw him out the window. Yeah, Sam Rockwell oh, threw the Eddie Redmayne once, yeah, yeah. look-alike character <laughs> out the window and he oh, tumbled. He does look like Eddie Redmayne. Yes! He's the oh, best funny. character in the movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's like, he's one of the purest, purest souls. But even he is like a little bit... Corrupt. Not corrupt. He's actually not corrupt, but he fails to, like, do the right thing. Serve. Do the right thing. He fails to, like, <laughs> perform his duties to, like, the, the utmost extent. Which I think <laughs> is what that film is all about. Uh, I could go out about that film. Well,
0: man. anyway, this year I agree with the Oscars and The Shape uh, of Water swept.
1: I beg to differ. And I'm very happy with
0: it. Usually I'm very disappointed, yeah. so I I'm gonna...
1: I can't be mad that it won, but yeah, I'm a little tiny bit disappointed. I feel like other things... Could've. It wasn't Guillermo's best work.
0: What? What have you seen from Guillermo Matthew? Uh, honestly, Carvera? not much.
1: But yeah, I, but I've seen. So Peter why don't Blabber, you shut up about but I've it? I've seen Pan
0: from one who's seen every one of Guillermo's pictures.
1: No way. Yes. Really.
0: Really. Hmm. I feel like Shape of Water was good and deserved to win. What was his first one? What was that called? <sighs> Devil's Backbone. No. Before oh, that, right. it was Kronos. Kronos was before you watch, that.
1: You watched Kronos and Devil's Backbone? Yes! Damn, all right. And you think Shape of Water, Shape of Water is his best work? No. Okay. I feel like
0: Penn's is his best that's work. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, but, but I feel each like each he deserved <laughs> to win.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, he, he deserved to win, but maybe not for this film. Like, that's what I'll say. I feel like this was, a not a retcon, but you know what I mean. Like, they give it to him because of his past work. No
0: comments. <laughs> I agree that he deserved to win this year as well. And that is our Oscars talk, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, a
1: little Oscars recap for anyone who's... Who's still uh, behind? On yeah, on the, <laughs> on the cruise. <laughs> exactly. So,
0: anyways, let's get into the meat and potatoes. What did you bring tonight? Do you got any hints? because it's Matt's turn to pick the movie. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're gonna be into this one. What do you mean? I'm it's every. What do you mean? It's been every episode has been <laughs> Jonathan loves this movie. So I'm ready for no. something that Jonathan's not into. Time to break the pattern. Please. Baby.
1: It's it's the nineties. All right. I think I brought this up before. I was You're born kind of 93, so I mean, I was there. It's 90s. Okay, I actually don't have much to say about this, because I also haven't I haven't seen it, and I don't think you've seen it. <laughs> I probably haven't. This is going to be the first film on the podcast that I think neither of us has seen. Good. It'll so be interesting. Good. And we'll see, see how it goes. None of us are going into this as experts. Like, I don't even know what hints I could give. I th- All right. I'll say it's 90s. It's... Uh, Say, there's music involved. Oh,
0: good! That narrows it down. Is it The Matrix? Like,
1: I think it plays a big role in it. <laughs> there's drugs, drugs involved. Well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, come
0: on, that could be anything.
1: <laughs> this is going into major hand territory. There's disco involved. Disco. I'm pretty sure.
0: Disco. Oh. So
1: I think it's. I guess I'd call it a period piece because I'm pretty sure it takes place in the 70s. But it's.
0: It's not the I am Sam. Not the 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 um serial killer movie, is it? Son of Sam. Son of, Son of Sam. Sam. Son of Sam. Yes. Okay. If that has disco in It, it is also in really? the 90s. Yeah.
1: No. Uh, no, but it's not that. Son of Sam, I uh, recently, I think, celebrated his uh, yeah. 40th anniversary. Yeah. So congrats, Son of Sam. <laughs> you uh, you made it to, uh, I don't know, 40 years in jail, maybe? All or is right. he dead? Who knows? Biggest hint, biggest hint now. It's directed by, it's a work by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, no. P.T. Anderson. Just tell me. <laughs> so we are watching. I should have, like, printed out the cover art so there'd be something to pull out. Da, 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 da. It's oh. Boogie Nights. Oh. I haven't seen it though. I haven't seen it. Oh no! Ever have you seen it?
2: No, but you told me, and I, I was thinking it terrible. Her was like, oh it's my like, god, my dad's gonna be like... so
0: my dad's gonna be so upset at me. He loves this movie. <laughs> Why well, is he gonna be upset at you? Well, if he listens,
1: he's gonna be upset. <laughs> well, has he listened before? No. This will be the one that gets him into. No, he hasn't. But maybe <laughs> maybe this will be the first. One. <laughs> John just shed a single tear for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's unexpected though? I thought this was a short film. I thought it was like a less than 2-hour romp through the flowers. It's like a it's an epic. Facting I know. We'll see you in 2 hours 36 minutes. Oh no. <laughs>
0: Choose a two and a half
1: hour movie for your second choice. It's really not what I was expecting. I, it was different. I'll hear, give you that. You hear something called Boogie Nights. Uh, maybe that's the only thing I had to go on. I thought it, it's called Boogie Nights. Boogie Wonderland. It was going to be dancing. I think you were thinking of Saturday Night Live with John I was Travolta. Thinking, no fever.
0: A slightly different movie. Saturday
1: Night Fever. Not, yes, S- not Saturday SNL.
0: Saturday Night <laughs> Fever.
1: Uh, probably. But. Honestly, I'm very happy with what we got instead. I enjoyed it. Not at all. It was good. It was not totally different from what I was expecting. Which I find surprising, too.
0: Uh, speaking, uh, Matt told me to tell you, audience, if there's any children out there, please don't watch <laughs> this movie. This is not a suitable movie for children in any way, shape, or form. No,
1: not at all. Um, and honestly, I'm only saying that because I kind of hope it makes you more likely to see it. No. Any children out there. But no. I don't think it'll scar you. Well,
0: I think it'll—you'll learn a few lessons. You'll I learn mean, a the, few lessons. The kids watch a little bit uh too adult-oriented oh, films the nowadays. The kids are
1: watching what Little Bill? There's no lessons there. Little Bill's not on anymore. Oh. I'm growing old.
0: Uh, So anyway, we watched Boogie Nights tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Boogie Uh,
1: Nights by Paul Thomas Anderson.
0: Starring Marky Mark.
3: Uh,
1: It had a killer cast, honestly. Yes. I mean, I don't know how in-demand these people were in in the 90s. P.T. Anderson getting all of them for his second film. Yeah, and I didn't know
0: that P.T. Anderson also directed Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood and all that. Oh yeah,
1: The Master. Uh, Did he do Punch Drunk Love? Yes, he did. This was Um, an interesting
0: uh, focus, his second film. (laughs) which we've never seen oh, before. Oh, he did
1: Inherent Vice, of course, which yeah. I really loved.
0: So, this movie is entirely set in the 70s, the 1970s, no, and 1980s, yeah. well, mostly. You know, it's got a very 70s feel to it. It's oh, like yeah. The Verge, mm-hmm. very early 80s.
1: Most of it probably takes takes place in the 70s. Yeah, yeah.
0: gritty, drugs, cocaine, <laughs> uh, lots of disco. In disco! <laughs> oh,
1: goodness, a lot of fun to be had. Did you know that P.T. Anderson, just by the way, I'm, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now, he is a partner since 2001. Do you know who it is? Who? Maya Rudolph. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: Maya Angelou on SNL is the
1: partner for P.T. Anderson? Yeah. Wow, that's seventeen years together. Wow Maya Rudolph and Paul Thomas Anderson.
0: Dang, why isn't she in any of his movies though? <laughs> that's
1: a very good point. <laughs> that is maybe he knows the kind of toll that his movies take oh, on people. No. He doesn't want to put her through. That, that doesn't make
0: any sense to me.
1: That's crazy.
0: I feel like she would at least make a cameo if uh, Kristen Wig made a cameo in a uh, mother <laughs> yeah, right. recently.
1: Wow. That I yeah, it's unbelievable. Oh but, yeah. Man, you never, you never know with love. What's Let's the, get into this film, shall we? Nice. It's a two and
3: a
0: half hour Bible epic that Mackabur <laughs> has set
1: me through. It's the Titanic with slightly more cocaine. And yeah. So,
0: Matt, what did you drink during this movie? Oh,
1: true. Let me get those bottles. <laughs> That's Where a thing. I leave them. Hmm? Yeah. First up is a rather large bottle of Original Bartenders. That's the brand, which I've never heard of. Original Bartenders. Pina Colada. This is 12.5% alcohol, 25 proof, produced and bottled by the original bartender's premium selections company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
0: Wow, so detailed, so wonderful,
1: so magical. Interesting. This says, since 1884, the bartender company, a division of America's oldest liquor producer, has been making superb cocktails. So this is Pina Colada in a bottle, in a large bottle that we picked up at the liquor store. It was fine, I guess. Uh, well, I'll just move on to the next one before I talk about it in a little bit more detail. The next one is Ready to Drink Authentic Jose Cuervo Strawberry Lime Margarita. This one was actually a little bit less. This one's 9.95% alcohol by volume. proof. So we're getting into the decimals there, people. Oh, so specific. Uh, Did you mix those together or did you drink them separately? Oh, I drank them separately. Good. Mixing them together is not Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. I had a
0: Senor Sangria, my go-to drink, and Mm -hmm. it got me to where I needed to be. Let's just say I drank a lot more than that, and um, (laughs) I've been flying high, just like the cocaine that's been snorted in this movie.
1: It was a good match. And honestly, well, I think these beverages, these... uh, Beverages were a good match for the film that we watched. Googled what drinks would have been popular in the 70s. Oh! Because, uh, look at
0: you using Google! Yeah.
1: And the website that I read said, like, pina were kind of popular. Tequila Sunrise was maybe, like, the go-to headliner beverage for the 70s.
0: I wasn't alive, so I wouldn't know,
1: Matt. <laughs> That's, I don't know. 70s was a good decade for me. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I got kind of close. I got a lot of the fruity, very sweet vibes. It kind of feels like pretty much you're just looking for a good time. Like, if you were to disco, this would kind of be what you were drinking. Mm. Anyway. Studio 54,
0: you know. Yeah. Doing lines of cocaine with everybody else, trying to get in, like Steve Rebell. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I didn't Know
1: them. Cocaine was my uh, my second choice, but they didn't have that at the liquor store, which is weird. Oh, yeah, shame. I didn't go to my usual one. So in this day why. and
0: age we live in, they didn't have a line of cocaine or I two. We'll Give you a bump.
1: And, well, I will mention that the first, I think the first and only mention of a drink actually in this film is a margarita that somebody's making. So, so there you I go. I think we did kind of a yeah. good job. Yeah, we got uh, no, Philip
0: Seymour Hoffman making Mark and Mark a margarita. Yeah.
1: I remember that. Was, that. No, that was John C. Riley, wasn't it? No. Oh, it was John yeah, C. Riley. Yeah. yeah.
0: Why did, well, they're both like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this movie.
1: Yeah, like I said, this Why did I think he was film. making the drinks? So anyway, mm-hmm.
0: we start in the 70s, and uh, you just know someone is going to do a line of cocaine and overdose in this movie, and it Good. does happen. So essentially, I was feeling a little bit rewarded from that. It opens on the emotions. Uh, best of my love. And we are in the Ooh. 1970s, you know, doing some
1: disco. Yeah, it actually starts out with like a one-take shot, one-take uh, tracking shot. Paul Thomas Anderson does a lot of this, in I would say the first half of the film, which, which I always enjoy, and I feel like he uses it to great effect. You you mostly follow one person as they navigate like a party scene. Mm-hmm. He does it uh, in the nightclub that we're first introduced to, which is great. Uh, he does it in a pool party uh, next with yeah, a lot uh, of... with the camera actually going underwater. Mm-hmm. I just. Oh, I could go on about the cinematography. There was a lot of tracking There's, shots, shots this movie, in this movie. Yeah. I just, I thought a lot of it was really innovative. A lot of it captured my attention, and it mm. just made me fall in love with Paul Thomas Anderson's style.
0: Well, I'm glad. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't know unless you told me. I greatly enjoyed it. I
0: would not have picked up on it. <laughs> uh, we meet Jack and Eddie, played by Marky Mark and Mr. Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. The, like you said, this is an all-star cast. Yeah. I mean, so like, I don't dude, know why I, mean, I
1: haven't seen this film before. It's surprising. like... I do not know how big these people were in the 90s, but let's see. We got Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, Don Cheadle, John C. Riley, William H. Macy. Oh, that was Phillips Don Cheadle, Moore, Hoffman, wasn't it? Heather Graham. Well, that's, that's most of them. That's all of them. That's more than, the, that's f- more f- than what you them. need for a great, wow, dumb, expensive budget, I assume.
0: Eddie wants to get into the porn racket.
1: It's not what you expect at first. When he talked about being an actor, I thought it was, you know, like blockbuster films. And then you see him getting into porn and it's like, oh no, this actually is what he wanted the whole time because, Mm -hmm. I mean...
0: Well, he considers it acting. Yeah. Well, back in the the 70s, I
1: think... A decent amount of people did like they would go to theaters to watch. Well, oh, I don't one.
0: know about decent amount. I know that was a thing in the seventies, but it was, uh,
1: it was apparently the golden age of porn. <laughs> apparently, he was he was making a lot of money, so he was good yeah. doing that job. Yeah, I don't know if you really could these days. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a different scene. If you if you ever want to know sometime, I'll I'll lecture you. And we meet a uh, rollerblades, oh, our favorite girl character. Amazing. Who's yes. she played by? We don't know. Is she uh, she's Heather Graham. That's she Heather is Graham. Heather Graham. Yeah, it's big, big doe eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and big something else uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She is uh, rolling around on those rollerblades throughout
1: the entire film. Nobody ever mentions why. Never takes it's, them off. It's just a thing that is. First, I thought, we first meet her at the nightclub, and I think... Well, she's oh, a roller well. girl, like I said. Like, yeah. in
0: the 70s, we would have, like, roller girls on roller skates, but right, come I on. All it's all too the like. Says were, but she... she yeah, to it's to a, a comedic degree <laughs> that she always keeps them on. Which is... That's a great character
1: trait. Yeah. I really like that. I
0: agree. I liked her. <laughs> I think she was interesting because of that. And mm-hmm. she's the only one who makes it out, like, basically basically unscathed yeah she has like some ups and downs but
1: yeah naturally
0: you know she's still kicking at the end of the film
1: yeah oh i think the only the only person in a better place is probably uh don shields character mm -hmm. he he has everything
0: oh he does (laughs) yeah but we'll we'll get into that yeah so eddie is essentially selling himself and he's good at it Mm -hmm. and he's uh made himself a living out of those more
1: sexual (laughs) pursuits of his out of his third leg (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, goodness. Which we later find out well into the movie that it is a 13-inch-long schlonger of a beast. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Or a beast of a schlonger. (laughs) He along with Jack, they get along really well because they have kind of a common goal. They want to elevate the art. Mm -hmm. They want to make it... (laughs) There was some really good dialogue in this film when they were describing what they they were looking to do. Which is like, you know, after somebody finishes jacking off in a theater, they just like sit there with their (laughs) dick wet and out, and they don't leave. They stay there for the story. They want to see how it yeah, ends. They see how it the it is. a more important than sex. Yeah. 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 Which which is admirable. There's actually a show on Netflix right now that I'm currently in the middle of the third and final season of called Love, where the main character is he's trying to write an erotic thriller too. And what else is there? There's um. You're the worst on FX. That's yeah. another show where uh, the main male lead gets into erotic, writing erotic fiction as a as an author. So this is uh, I mean, you know, of course, this is 20 years after this movie came out, but it's it's kind of a right field the the intellectual erotic. Yeah. Uh, art form.
0: It's not what I expected going in. I felt, like you not said, I was expecting more of a, a disco film than a, a sexual mm-hmm. thriller.
1: Like a, like a feel-good. <laughs>
0: well, I do not call it feel-good. No, 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 I was expecting
1: well, more of a feel-good.
0: Well, was... no, they do end up kind of happy, though.
1: Surprisingly. They there's end up not really...
0: a lot of depth with the main characters, but there's death around the main characters. Yeah,
1: and there's Well, you have to go through a lot to get there, though.
0: Yeah, so we meet uh, Beck and Becky, Uh, which are the... Buck and Becky. Buck and Becky. (laughs) Sorry, I can't read my own writing. (laughs) Buck and Becky, who are uh, two side characters also in the pornography industry. Uh, Becky stays in there, but Buck wants to uh, sell stereos. And get himself out of that. And that's kind of his character goal. And we see that evolve over the course of the movie. Next we see uh, John C. Riley, who is also a pornographic
1: actor. Mm -hmm.
0: He was very (laughs) surprising to see in this movie because he looks exactly the same. Despite it being
1: like 30 years later. Oh, you could always tell who he is. I will say, I think a lot of the side characters are decently fleshed out. Yeah. I mean, they're all in this business, but they all have their own goals as yeah. well.
0: Which is an interesting take on the film. I think uh, instead mm-hmm. we instead of focusing just on Marky Mark and his uh, plights, we get a, a nice look into all these different side characters. Yeah, which
1: was really awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't take place until maybe like 60 or 70% of the way through when yeah. they really focus on the side characters. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm very glad they did, because then it really speaks about the industry as a whole and uh, the repercussions that it has. But we will get to that. (laughs) So,
0: can we comment on this pool party they're at? Because Marky Mark does a jackknife wrong.
1: I didn't know what a jackknife was until John... Well,
0: he is doing more of a dive or a cannonball instead of a a jackknife, and I was very upset by this. With
1: a a bit of an added flip.
0: Yeah, they were trying to outflip one another, and I'm like, where's that jackknife at? Mm. This isn't it. I felt uh, um, inconsistency with
1: pool humor. Well, maybe it, it is a fact that he didn't finish high school -hmm. So, maybe you never learned how to do a jackknife because you know you didn't read the textbook about it. Yeah, you didn't go to pool diving 101 suck in water. Wow, maybe that's why I didn't like the shape of water that much. Oh, because you didn't like to swim, (laughs) I was just jealous. I should have known about that, Matthew. It was my long standing vendetta. So, can we talk about Bill and his wife? Oh, that's great. (laughs) I really like that. So, I love the way he's introduced, by the way. Because, how remind me, before you. know his situation before you know anything about him before he speaks a single word it's just kind of a shot of his apartment and it's an interior shot he hasn't yet opened the main door into his apartment Mm -hmm. you see him do that he just he seems kind of down like his stature i think he's like leaning forward a bit his facial expression is just kind of like (sighs) kind of get a small sense of depression from him and he's taking off his shoes very lethargically he like he's off camera for a bit he throws his shoes to the other side of the room and that's like all you see for a long while the camera really stays on him and just from that scene that introduction that just visual sense i could totally get that he was a loser and it was confirmed not even a minute later which i thought was it was a great directing choice by paul thomas anderson again (laughs) It's gotta say.
0: Well his running gag is that he just like goes out of the room and sees his wife sleeping with another man or mm-hmm. like you know getting uh, sexually pleased by another man in the midst of everyone watching them to keep it PG.
1: Yeah that, <laughs> that happens at least three times throughout the film. He, The only time you ever see him actually uh, interacting with his wife is while he's being cucked and she's like <laughs> fucking some other dude. Oh such lingo. Uh <laughs> <laughs> i had to do it for the ride yeah true it's it's great it's yeah. just very enjoyable to it's watch interesting. every time yeah it's an well, interesting take it ends in tragedy oh but until then it's uh, once that well happens, he lasts maybe, pretty uh, long for yeah. that yeah he lasts goes a few 80s, years yeah you know, 70s yeah four years maybe he, he makes it a second before the 80s happens yeah but uh the one thing i don't mm, i'm not gonna say i don't like about this film but I kind of wish they commented on his character a little bit more, because after he offs himself, after catching his wife a third time, well, after, I guess it's a double homicide, and then he kills himself, he is never spoken of again, anything, I'm pretty sure, by the other yeah. characters. No, he's not. Yeah. He's Which never brought up. It is a little strange, but... Which is kind of
0: human, also but fun. I mean, like, he's the act one gun, literally. <laughs> he uh, shoots off, and then, you know, act two begins. Yeah. Afterwards, to kind of see where the... You know the fall of this industry is occurring. That is very true. I, I got guess, that.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe that is his only role. It's it's more symbolic.
0: Yeah. So uh, Marky Mark changes his name to
1: Dirk Diggler Dingler? Dingler? Yeah, Dirk Dirk Diggler
0: which Diggler.
1: Everybody loves. Everybody's they're gaga
0: over <laughs> Dirk Diggler. <laughs> they're like,
1: oh my god! I wish I'd thought of that.
0: I don't think it's that good of a porn name, I but don't, uh, I don't either. Yeah. Don't, don't it's got Michael alliteration, longer.
1: so that's good for him. <laughs> what do you think about that? Small transition to the neon sign with, his, with his name Oh yeah! blows up in flames.
0: Well, I mean, it's uh, made to show that he's a success, I guess, and I, we get that much from his, uh, his uh, immediate talent and yeah. the
1: transition. I thought it was kind of clunky, but I, I thought a few of the visual effects in this film were clunky, mm-hmm. but maybe intentionally, I think it definitely amplified like the druggy feeling of it. You see a lot of transitions that are pretty unnecessary. I don't even know how to describe it. They're like weird fades. It really grew on me. I I got a very like drug addled sense from it. Like a very uh just foggy atmosphere yeah. that it contributed to.
0: But I did enjoy them the more they went on because they were uh-huh. they were abrupt and yet like, you know, they kept the story moving. Yeah.
1: At a a quick pace. It was like a just a neat little visual flair that didn't really it didn't take away from Mm. the scene at all
0: is Dirk a good porn actor do you think he seemed very (laughs) consensual to me yeah that I appreciate yeah he was always asking like what he needed to be done and Mm. you know
1: like checking in with his co-star yeah making sure everything's okay yeah he was always trying to be very respectful Mm -hmm. which uh, I appreciate very progressive and even for all their flaws, I feel like a lot of these characters are pretty really decent at heart. Yeah, like could have been I got that a worse. lot too. It yeah. could have easily been a lot worse, but they were, they weren't. They were sympathetic. They...
0: I understand that uh, Paul Thomas Amherstyn wanted us to see the humanity of these characters. Mm-hmm. And I got that a lot more than I thought. Like, you know, in the beginning of the plot, I was like, oh, these are porn actors. I'm going to feel a little bit like, you know, put off by them. But Uhhuh. Essentially, I was feeling for each of their plights, yeah. less so Marky Mark because I felt like all right He did this to himself. Yeah, and more so fair. the side characters. I was like, oh, okay At least they're doing better with their situation Yeah, Mark Wahlberg was,
1: like, was like young and impressionable and he really only had this one goal was to be a star
0: You get that disco montage when we're uh, transitioning from the 70s to the 80s when they're doing that little dance number Yeah, and you can tell that Marky Mark and the Finally. company are into it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was was what I thought the whole film was going to be. It ended up being like a throwaway scene.
0: We get um, the Porn Awards where uh, Dirk wins all of them. Including uh, Best Point Actor. It's basically Best the cock. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. At the Adult Film oh. Awards. Oh, goodness. Can you
1: imagine? The Shape of Water. More like the oh, Shape if the of Oh, the
0: Oscars went like that. Everyone was so happy to see them awarded to the same actor over yeah, and over again. That's true. I can only imagine what the Oscars would be like nowadays. <laughs> uh, and, and he changes his name to uh, Brock Landers. Yeah. Instead, he well, starts doing, like, Well, his character is more of a spy thriller. Which is pretty James cool. Bond-esque porn
1: actor. Yeah, he and uh, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, they came up with... Or was it John C. Reilly? It was John C. Reilly again. Oh, was it? it? Up? Yeah. No. Yeah, they were in the limo. I you're you're telling that me that you. he does
0: not... That Philip Seymour Hoffman does not try to kiss him. No, that happens. That happens. That happens. That's happens. what I'm yep. thinking yep. of. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's not his
1: co-star. His co-star is, uh... I forgot what he said his name. Chest Rock. Yeah, that sounds about That's right. John but I thought that was
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-mm. Why do I think that? <laughs> oh, God. Man,
1: how much did you drink again?
0: Oh, a lot. That's too much
1: <laughs> to oh, be, uh... Even just... Even a tiny a tiny shot glass of the strawberry lime margarita is too much. Sorry, Jose. Well, anyway, Whatever. we do get that We scene. lost that sponsorship. What did
0: you think of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of going in for the kiss after that character gets a little bit too much for him?
1: I... I like that whole interaction. I thought yeah. it was pretty realistic. There was definitely foreshadowing mm-hmm. before. <laughs> there are a lot of interesting choices in this film. Like yeah. right now, Mark Wahlberg first unveils his, uh, his cock. <laughs> oh. I, was trying to, I was trying to come up with like yeah. a fancy... And everyone insane. treats it like it's the most magical yeah. thing in the world. You They're bet. like,
0: my God, it's the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except
1: instead of their faces melting. see you cut to like every single person involved in this shoot in this uh, film shoot, and their reactions to it. And yeah, it's, it's like, my God! <laughs> so good. So it's that kind of, like, levity that the film uh, benefits from greatly, I think. Mm. And so I think it foreshadowed that when you cut to Philip Seymour Hoffman's face, it foreshadows his later attraction to Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. which which is well done. But one thing I'm a little bit confused about is, you know, he blames it on uh, him... Going in for the kiss. see more often. going in for the kiss. He blames it on, you know, having too much to drink, which is very possible. It might also just be an excuse. But, you know, at this point, they've been together for over three years. I feel like this would have happened sooner. Yeah. Instead of... Well,
0: they're both, you know, drunk, intoxicated, and the emotions are coming out. He tries to true, buy they're... a car to I'm
1: impress sure. Yeah. Marky Mark. I think it's the exact same car that Mark yeah. has. Yeah. If not, it's very similar. Which mm-hmm. is kind of funny.
0: So he kind of wanted it to happen, I think. Definitely. It's just interesting how nothing really comes from that at all. Yeah. It's done after this scene. It's never yeah, really yeah. brought up
1: again. Yeah, they're still like very good friends. They hang out. Do we really see them interact together? No. After that. No. It I is don't weird think so. because they're in the same room together, but they don't really talk much. I think Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, there's just us, like up.
0: gestures and <laughs> eye glances exchanged between the yeah. two. But yeah, he doesn't join church. in with, uh, he doesn't separate from, you know, that industry that he's in. Yeah. As opposed to Mark, who goes off as a, a drug dealer kind of phase and then an uh, uh, offset rapper mm-hmm. that does not work out at all. Which, uh,
1: was that after Mark Wahlberg took on, like, a, a music career in his real life? I I, think so, you know, maybe? I
0: think there's so much to be said about this film <laughs> and Marky Mark taking this character choice because he was originally, like, an underwear model, right? And then he so. transitioned right. to a singer yeah. and then he
1: transitioned to an actor. I think, um, I think Paul Thomas Anderson does that a decent amount because I think two films later is Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler mm. which everyone says is like, have you seen Punch Drunk Love? No. Oh, because that might be on the list but I don't want to keep doing Paul Thomas Anderson even Oh my goodness! fantastic. This one's shorter. Punch Drunk Love is shorter but it's basically Bless. Adam Sandler <laughs> taking like a version of himself and like warping it to the extreme. Like,
0: when I don't like Adam
3: Sandler.
1: Uh, you won't like him here, but it's well, it's you'll feel a kind of weird sympathy for him, I I think and think Paul Sympathy Anderson, for Adam Sandler? He's good in it, I promise. Uh, okay. I think uh, I think Anderson has a good way of, And pigs
0: will fly and the skies will bring <laughs> gold next, won't they, Matthew?
1: Uh, I think he has a good way of like twisting the persona that actors kind of give out in their real life the the vibes that they send out in their real life with everything that they do and even like the movie choices the life choices that they make he has a good way of kind of poking fun at it while also making it into like a really interesting kind of commentary interesting
0: interesting that's that's one thing i like
1: about him when you say like when uh when pigs fly or what was the second thing you said what did i say something about butter
0: Buttering my ass? Because that's a quote from the movie. That's a quote from the movie. Yeah.
1: You were saying something about, you know, when pigs fly, discussing all these impossibilities, I just would have added. Or Adam Sandler will make a good movie again. (laughs) As a third impossibility. Never.
0: Never Mm -hmm. in my life. After Jack and Jill, he's not coming back anytime soon. After
1: Pixels. You're saying that was his high point?
0: Never. No, his (laughs) high point was Click, which was another low point. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, we get a transition from the 70s to the 80s with Mm. a. Little Bill, Bill. catching his wife, you know, screwing another man, (laughs) going out to his car, picking up a gun, and then Mm -hmm. walking in and end the party real quick by shooting her and
1: uh, her lover. Yeah, her, her lover, and himself. Yeah. I don't know if he ends the party, though. People... Well, they're surprised. Yeah. They do notice. What I thought that scene was going to... What I thought was going to happen, what I thought was going to unfold was he would kind of wait a little bit. For all the celebrations to begin, like everybody would cheer once the clock struck midnight mm. so that it would be 1980 and everybody was like, everybody would be cheering and they wouldn't be able to hear the sounds of gunshots. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah, I but
0: thought... uh, he did it a few seconds beforehand. Yeah, and... a few seconds. He and make...
1: did the celebration a little bit too early. <laughs> I think
0: so. And uh, rang in the new year yeah.
1: with uh, the with shot heard around the world.
0: And uh, Jack's producer, Colonel, gets uh, arrested for sleeping with a 15 year
1: old girl. Sleeping with, it it's unclear. No, it's actually, it's because she OD'd. But, oh, you know, true. But who knows if he had been... Well,
0: he said she was 15, re- right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In real life, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, That's... both of them got him going, and then uh, Jack's kind of porn business crumbles.
1: And... and I thought it was a little interesting. Like, I wasn't sure if that scene was meant to... was meant for the audience to show the slightest degree of sympathy for this... Mm, I'm not going to say pedophile, probably... But... There's another word for it. Pedophile is like a common term. Mm. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta be right about this because I'm an asshole. Then please do. Let me, let me yeah. see. Pedophile, but they're teenagers. That's what I'm googling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on a list. Okay, here we go. A uh, Oh. Uh, yeah. What a term, that's, Matthew. Yeah, that's the technical term. The primary sexual interest in mid to late adolescence, generally ages 15 to 19. A FIBA file. So that's that's the that's your word for the day, children. Oh,
0: thank goodness we're so smart now. Thanks yeah. to Matthew.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if that scene was like meant to portray, meant to show like some sort of sympathy for this guy.
0: I did not feel sympathetic to him because we barely yeah. knew him. That is true. He was we like in two scenes, and well,
1: he was I'm just not, trying to like sense.
0: organize these people. He told Morgan Mark, Mark, show him his uh, hey, his yep, goods, yep, yep. and uh, got flashed that, and he's like, yeah, you're good to go in this industry. Yeah, so he's basically the green light. I, uh, yeah, I feel like his he, his character did not make it out okay I don't think because at the no, end he was uh, really. getting uh, beaten up in prison not having a good time yeah I've,
1: it's it's a little rough it's but I feel like he's kind of the the face that people expect of the porn industry. Um, like it's not really what you get with the other characters but with his I think a lot of people when they hear that somebody's doing porn they think of like that skeezy, kind of guy. On your belly, who, who yeah. Who has no, sort of guy. no boundaries and is just kind of looking for a star and just looking to mm. get his kicks. Yeah. But I don't know. I That scene, it, it, I feel like it did humanize him a little bit more. Like, he really felt alone. And he did want the other yeah. guy to know that he was on his side mm-hmm. or he wanted to know if his partner was on his side or not and his partner couldn't really yeah. say anything.
0: And I feel like we're supposed to be made to uh, be on the Characters who are in the adult industry's sort mm-hmm. of side yeah. in this film, definitely. We're never supposed to feel overtly bad against them. Yeah. There's always an element of good or what they're trying to do is right mm-hmm. in the audience's mind.
1: But, yeah, but at the same time, who knows if we could take him at his word. That yeah. He never actually, you know, touched anyone. It was just uh, a overdose on cocaine, which mm-hmm. is, is bad enough.
0: Yeah. So Marky Mark feels... Uh, underappreciated in this business. Mm-hmm. And he goes against Mr. Burt Reynolds, Jack. <laughs> no, and but nobody's
1: impressed by his karate enough. Yeah,
0: he always mentions he does karate, but we never see it in this film.
1: To do, he just wants to kick someone's ass.
0: That's all he wants. That's all <laughs> anyone wants, really. <laughs> True. And he decides to quit the porn industry and go into music. Oh. And uh, Marky Mark is not a
1: good singer at all. Not at all, which... Uh, I don't think it's much of a newsflash. Everybody's listening to Good Vibrations. Yeah,
0: it feels so real though, right? Uh, what do you like, mean? Like it feels just like Marky Mark is this character, yeah. and
1: yeah, like they weren't. Yeah, like they weren't on a set. They were like more of a documentary. They just or it's
0: based off him in like some vague sense because uh, he didn't do porn. Everything's
1: but... based off Mark Wahlberg. I don't know how Entourage based off Mark Wahlberg. <laughs>
0: Oh, and the reason why he quits the porn industry is because they get a Steve Harrington look-alike. Yeah, yeah. they do. <laughs> Stranger Things fans, he which looks kind of like an older, busted Steve Harrington.
1: Which is also kind of weird, now that we're talking about it. It's like, I don't want to see Steve Harrington doing anything Yeah, like but that. he
0: had that, uh, you know, he had that hairstyle, that pompadour. Yes, he all did. All ready to
1: go. And even the face, I thought was a little bit similar. If, yeah,
0: if you squinted <laughs> and you were drunk enough, like me, exactly. then it yeah, looked a little bit mate. like Steve Harrington. <laughs>
1: Uh, mm-hmm. you see um there are a couple interesting shots I'm, go- I'm like going right back to the beginning yeah please do Mark Wahlberg when you're first introduced to like him in his room at his parents house oh yeah you get like that pretty, he has all the cars and, and you the that woman get nifty spinning shot of like all his posters mm-hmm. which is uh, I don't know if there's a real reason for it it's, I think it's just to show that like this is kind of like a a kid with various interests and to show that everybody like kind of has these sides to them. Um, that it's not always necessarily about the porn business. Like, everybody also has their own goal that they want to achieve. And he's really into cars. You see that with, uh, with the car that he later buys, too. Yeah,
0: that red, uh...
1: Corvette. Corvette. Mm. I feel like it was a pretty realistic shot. Like, And was... we
0: get that he doesn't really associate with his parents. His mom hates him Ooh. and his dad is in the upstairs room in one shot, one frame. Oh, yeah. And that that's was it. Interesting. That, yeah. was,
1: that was a good, uh good addition that little shot of just like the dad sitting yeah listening to all the screaming oh there's just
0: so much to be said from that one frame
1: yeah I think Paul Thomas Anderson does that a lot just says a lot of things visually without any need for dialogue Mm -hmm. he also does exposition really well I feel like the beginning when we introduce all the characters it seems very realistic well written dialogue exposition is something I look for and uh, he nails it I think so
0: he does I can't help thinking of uh, his other films, not Phantom Thread, but uh, yeah. There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I think that's his best film, but Probably. it's I think such. Most people would agree. Yeah, it's so weird seeing him direct this. <laughs> it doesn't feel like him, and yet it feels like him at the same time.
1: You do get that long, like epic scope. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's I don't get how like directors
0: something. can do that. Like, just be like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm working in this decade now, <laughs> yeah. and I'm telling this story that's completely different from the story that I'm going to tell in this movie." Like, Sorry. it just, Ugh. it baffles me, man. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to tell that this was a, a Paul Thomas Anderson film just by watching it.
1: It is surprising. It's, mm, I don't know if I'd be able to tell. Probably but, not, I mean, it was because... so
0: early, though, so, like, there was mm-hmm. no way. I think if we were from a different, like, you know, era, yeah, we would have been able to, like, know or follow. follow. But it just feels so different. Like, you know, his evolution as yeah, a... Yeah.
1: A director. Yeah, we started out watching the later things, I think. Yeah, so it's so different. Yeah,
0: going back and be like, oh, this is his early work.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's still so well done, Mm -hmm. but it is a little less ambitious, maybe. Yeah. While still kind of being grand in scope. I don't know. I think it definitely has footprints of mostly the... I mean, comparing to There Will Be Blood, which takes place over decades and decades, like the whole life of the protagonist and that, but this... Takes place over I don't know six or seven years, but kind of hefty. See changes too in the in the setting to reflect music-wise.
0: So speaking of that, once we switch to the eighties, all these characters' lives they basically go more or less to shit, mm-hmm. but like in a savable way. But we get a roller girl who's in the limo, yeah. you know, just trying to pick up people on the side and being filmed by. uh Burt Reynolds' character.
1: Yeah, they're trying to do kind of like a uh, girl's gone wild. Or, what's like that M. taxi driver, Trump, Taxi Trump, Confessions? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they're
0: trying to yep. do Something that like sort that. of thing and it backfires because the, the John she picks up it, used to go to high school with her. Yeah. And he calls her out on it and she's like, no, I'm not that girl. He's mm-hmm. like, yes, you are. And you get a long lingering yeah. look on her. And it goes a little bit too intense and she winds up, you know, kicking him out of the car and beating the shit out of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is not directly attributable to the high school thing, but I think it definitely unnerves it's, her. Yeah, it speaks for her, too. Like, yeah. she
0: doesn't want to be part of this world, and yet she's stuck in it. Oh, true. I, How did I, know? I got that. Yeah,
1: so she's, like, lashing out. Yeah. And he's the only target she has.
0: Buck, yeah. he's trying to set up a, a stereo store
1: mm-hmm.
0: with his... You know, he's the most sane character to me. Because he gets out of the industry, yeah. and he tries to make a new life for himself, and even then it's so difficult he uh, tries to go to the bank Mm -hmm. and get an investment and that doesn't fall out because he used to do porn and they're like we're not looking for you at this time and then you know gets his wife pregnant tries to get her a few donuts or two and winds up at a big old shootout yeah and three people are killed other than him and then he just takes that money and runs that's left in the cashier yeah, and, Paul Thomas
1: Anderson took yeah. some uh, inspiration from Tarantino on yeah. that
0: one. That it felt like a very Tarantino you know, scene, and I knew finish. I thought it was going to go way worse. From watching, I was like, "Oh, all these people are going to die." Yeah, I thought well, he was going to die too. I was fearing for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he manages to live. He takes that money, he starts his business, which is interesting. So he gets a good life out of it.
1: Yeah, but think of like what you have to go through just in order to get that. When anybody else, if you hadn't done porn, mm. could just get that bank loan. I think yeah. I love those couple of scenes and they put them together like reflecting on the side characters and how their uh how their life is impacted by porn maggie too when she was trying to get yeah i was gonna mention
0: maggie next yeah Mm -hmm. so maggie she's a porn actress but she has a weird obsession with marky mark's character and kind of considers him a son and a lover
1: because she lost her own son yeah Which is very fucked up. It's a complicated relationship.
0: Oh my goodness. It's just like every time she mentioned, like, I want you to be my baby, we were just like, Ooh, this (laughs) is gonna end up good, is it? Oh no!
1: Which uh, didn't, like, blow up.
0: No, but it was still like, oh man, these people are (laughs) fucked up, man. Like, woo, don't do porn, children. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't do it, at least in the 70s. Don't yeah. do the porn in the, 70s. in the 70s. Probably,
1: Don't take. Probably...
0: And she did take, like, a hefty line of cocaine or two in that one scene with mm-hmm. uh, Roller Girl. Yeah. She was like, Oh, I can't do another 20 lines. I've simply had too much.
1: Yeah, and they kept going back and forth, too. Oh, you kept think kept they have back.
0: something against drugs in this movie? Because I was <laughs> feeling
1: that. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, I think those few scenes back to back went a long way to kind of giving you the scope of the 70s and of the porn industry in this time and just the repercussions of it. Like, it it showed that the past really does come back to haunt you um, kind of in an unfair way. Like Don Schiedel's character was saying, it's just very unfair. Like none of that should ha- make any difference. None of it should reflect on the current circumstances. The past really does come back to haunt you and that stigma just kind of follows you everywhere. Yep, yep, yep. I thought, uh, well done. Like, didn't have to speak to the greater phenomenon that was happening there but the movie still managed to do it in a humanizing way that like did justice to the characters mm. and their situations i get that well yeah in yeah, a, yeah. In just a few short scenes
0: yeah so speaking of that we get our final uh you know marky mark philip seymour hoffman and then troy what's the third guy's um, name who's always Todd. like giving the Todd, Todd. yeah. Who's always giving them cocaine. Is
1: that William? No, that wasn't William H. Macy. I, I wouldn't know. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. So anyway, they decide <laughs> to become drug dealers now after mm-hmm. that music uh, snafu falls through. Whew, that scene is tense. That does feel like a very Tarantino scene, too. Yeah, right? It's, uh, they wind up at this drug lord's house, and he's coked out of his mind, mm-hmm. and he has this Chinese friend who's sending off firecrackers every two <laughs> seconds that you think are gunshots. And so, he has yeah. this bouncer with a gun under his belt, and you're like, man, who is gonna die in this scene? Because you know everyone is gonna die in this <laughs> scene. And it's
1: crazy. Oh but man, good it, setup. Good. Setup. It is
0: a good setup, but it's so weird and abstract. <laughs> it's like any normal person in their right mind be like. Peace, I'm out. I ain't yeah. got that. And they don't even have the drugs. They like but set it up with flour and they're like, oh, he's going to smoke it and he's going to know.
1: I think they made, uh, I think the movie did a decent job of explaining why they couldn't do that either because then it would have been too suspicious. Yeah. Like they kind of mentioned that really often. Like, yeah, if they were to leave that early, the guy was also telling them, come on, let's hang out, let's party. If and Jesse's girl early, is
0: playing in the background yeah, it and it I'm like, oh!
1: Right yeah. The shootout to uh, 99 Red Balloons. Oh, First no. First time I've seen that. Yeah. Really fun. Man, and but... This film has... It has a bit of a sense of humor. hmm I like it. And it's just so... I When the music stops... It's tense. When the music stops for, for Jesse's Girl. Like, you think something's about to happen then, but then the tape just resets itself. Yeah. And there's That's a pause good.
0: in the music, yeah, and it's very unnerving. No. Like, oh, So it's good. good. <laughs> I wish... You know, I wish the whole movie were like that. Like, yeah. If it was a little bit more edgy. Okay. I think... Or if it was a
1: little bit shorter... I feel like it did drag in the middle, but yeah. I still enjoyed watching it. Which is, yeah, it was a interesting to watch. Yeah. I wouldn't
0: know about multiple viewings. Mm. I think, like,
1: it feels I like... I do multiple, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels like a Tarantino wannabe film to me. Uh-huh. Especially sure in scenes fair. like that. And I would rather watch a short, you know, abridged episode of Kill Bill or Inglorious Bastards instead. Even I, though, yeah. We I, were talking about... I was talking about Hateful Eight on the last episode, mm-hmm, where it yeah. was, like, a little bit too long. I felt like that was in the same league as this.
1: Yeah, it was... I don't know if it was Tarantino wannabe. I think it actually surpassed Tarantino. Occasionally, uh, at parts. Mm -hmm. Um, At least for the the shootout scenes, the more tense scenes. But I think maybe the reason why I thought it dragged was because at the beginning, you're really focused on Mark Wahlberg's character. Yeah. It seems kind of like a singular journey. Mm -hmm. But then it slowly expands, which is... It's cool to see... But it does kind of make it feel, make the film feel a little overstuffed. It's, like, at the same time, I really enjoyed it. I don't, it's a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling, but I did sense it while watching.
0: I got that. I got that, too. So, we end the movie. Uh, The drug bus goes awry. Marky Mark escapes. But do Philip Seymour die?
1: No, I don't think so. I think he, like... We
0: don't see him really escape, though. We see him, like, run (laughs) off. The other dude dies. He He gets shot twice and just dies. Yeah. He yeah. runs into some
1: bushes. Yeah, but we, I think that's the last we see of him. Yeah. We don't even see him at, like the ending. In the ending,
0: much. which question? That's the reason why I always like: Did he die in the end? Because yeah. we didn't get to see his happy ending. I so Marky Mark goes crawling back to Jack. Mm.
1: That, that, well, before we get to that, that whole drug dealing scene. I don't know why they. I mean, I know why they thought it was a good idea because they wanted to make quick money. But it's like, even if you get away with like, yeah, the they would have gotten sort of five trade, grand. I don't think that would have lasted yeah, them that would not have that long. long. No. Uh, I just
0: which, seemed like more risk than reward in yeah, that situation.
1: Which is good. I think that's also like well it definitely gets you into their desperate mindset. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, well done. I, maybe they could have spoken a little bit more to it, but
0: mm-hmm. still. But Burke gets to live his dream. Yep. He sells out to the insane clown posse and starts, you know, singing songs on the T V and selling those stereo systems. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy for Burke and well,
1: Burke uh a buck. I don't know who Buck.
0: Sorry, I'm happy for Buck. And, um, you know, Marky Mark goes back to the porn industry again. Oh, I'm glad. You know, I'm realizing. (laughs) I'm so happy for him.
1: (laughs) Look at him succeed. I'm realizing with Buck, you see in, I think, like, 1983 or 84, whenever we revisit them towards the end, he's rapping at that point. Oh, yeah. That's that's good. It's another
0: Marky Mark parallel. Yeah, that's true. I'm very... You know, I'm concerned about this movie. I... Did this predict Marky Mark, or did Marky Mark predict Marky
1: Mark? Oh, shit. Maybe he pulled a Daniel Day-Lewis and became the character.
0: Could he be the greatest method actor of all time? Oh, uh... Hot take.
1: Oh, boy. In quick this movie? answer, no.
0: Oh, man. I need to be a bigger Marky Mark fan than this.
1: Oh, I, don't really...
3: I just
0: imagine him in uh, what's that movie with the the trees coming the to life. The Happening. The Happening. With Zooey Deschanel. Oh, Oh, one of my gosh. favorites. We're watching that next. Why didn't we watch that instead? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would've got more kicks out of that movie.
1: <laughs> uh, I just, I can't deal with Mark Wahlberg after the whole no. beating uh, the Asian guy until he was blind. Oh, yeah, I heard about you know, that. no it was in the past, but mm. yeah, it's still
0: kind of... A little, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> a little bit. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, to end the film, Marky Mark flashes his dick at us. And I was just like, Whoa! That came out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, that was kind of awesome. Because after two and a half hours, you're really not expecting yeah, to Yeah, you're see like, it. oh, they, what's this guy? What's do, this guy got? They do a really good job of hiding it. And then he just, like, busts it out. And It's like, 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 why? It's it, bold. It's it was bold confusing, choice. it
0: was bold, it was weird. <laughs> I liked it. I yeah, liked, it made
1: it, sense. It didn't take away from anything. But I was just like...
0: We have two minutes left to this movie. Now you decide to do yeah. this.
1: Oh, and it is it is long and magnificent. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. That's how you. <laughs> that's how you, that's the how stew you, is you, cooked. <laughs> that's how you end a film. That's how the sausage is made. Yeah. No. One thing that I did enjoy <laughs> going back to the rap thing that uh, Buck's character did really quickly. I'm. It was cheesy which I think was the intention because it was, like, early 80s rap, mm. uh, which really only came into popularity in, like, 79 or 80. So, like, at the beginning of the movie, rap doesn't exist. Mm. Somebody actually it's asks. That's true. Uh, I think uh, Burt Reynolds' character, Jack, asks um, mm. Eddie, uh-huh. Marky Mark, Dirk Diggler, any name that he... That you want to throw out there? He asks, like, what kind of music he likes. He's like all kinds: jazz, jazz, classical, rock and roll. Um, but he doesn't mention rap because it doesn't exist yet. Oh. And then a few years later, it finally comes into being, and you see that with there we go with uh, with Buck there throwing we go. that in there for his commercial. Yeah. Which I don't know. As like a as a music historian fan, I I I'm into small details like that. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Just a lot of details were well done in this movie. There was one other thing. Mm. Oh, this actually wasn't a detail, but it was um, something that kept being brought up was uh, Maurice's, that character, by Luis Guzman. Yeah. his his Hispanic roots or his Puerto Rican. He kept on bringing it up and I was just like, okay, I, you know. And he
0: was more of like a character actor in the pornos. So he mm -hmm. was like more of like, you know, the drink, you know, the bartender. Yeah. And the
1: bouncer. (laughs) And, but I, I just appreciated that little, a little quirk that he brought, like the actor brought that in with him to his character. It wasn't necessary, but as a half Puerto Rican, I was like, "Okay, I get that Sure, you do mm. it. I like this. Mm. You, you succeed, man." And oh. he does eventually get his own nightclub with the he does yeah. a bit of comic relief yeah, instead of it's the Rodriguez the instead of the Rodriguez brothers on the big old sign up Rodriguez. front. Rodriguez, right? Yeah, Rodriguez, it's Rodriguez brothers, <laughs> and they are dismayed at it. It's, oh, It's no. a good scene to watch. I don't know, funny, a bit of humor, yeah, is,
0: and there's. But talking about humor, like it's, I'm, it's hard to describe the humor in this film. It's there. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's more.
1: I chuckle a lot. I, think, I
0: can't even think of how to describe it though, which is bothering
1: me. I think it's winking. It's like self-aware yeah. humor. Yeah. So it's not laughing. But it's loud. it's, it's like jokes. on the verge
0: of dark and winking. It's like yeah. not as dark because mm-hmm. it's like real life and it's they're all in a crappy situation, but the characters treat it so lightly that it's. Yeah, I think Karen.
1: that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I get and that. It's still kind of realistic, too. It's not, they're not looking at it uh, weirdly lightly. I think it's just because that's who they are. Like, mm. they're in the porn industry, and they're not taking it super seriously. Like, I think even their acting is, uh, you know, know—they're acting acting is a little subpar. I don't know if they realize that, mm. like the, the characters in the film, but it's it's. Funny to see, like even their acting, their subpar acting. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's enjoyable. There's the film finds humor in weird places, definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I was on its wavelength for most of it, not all of it.
0: So, in speaking of that, let's uh let's uh initiate last call all and right. discuss what we thought about this movie. So, I'll start. This was uh, my first time officially seeing this movie. I think I saw mm-hmm. it like in clips in vague youth. Like, barely remembering it. Right, yeah. Like, definitely wasn't old enough to watch it or understand it. <laughs> but, um, I mm, enjoyed this it. Is you snuck in. Yeah, I enjoyed it to the point where I probably won't watch it again.
1: <laughs> so, wait, does that mean you enjoyed no, it or not? No, <laughs> I,
0: I enjoyed it for what it was, but I feel like um, there are other movies I would rather re watch than this. Okay, yeah. And from the first time seeing it, I felt like it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend it for people under the adult age limit.
1: Uh-huh. I feel like it's a little risqué. I mean, what are you thinking like?
0: I feel like mature people can handle this movie. Immature yeah. people cannot handle this movie or yeah, like process this movie. They wouldn't get anything from it, yeah. is what I'm saying. It's oh, not their okay. cup of tea. Right. I feel like if they're looking for more raunchy humor or body sex, they're not mm-hmm. going to get it here. It's way more serious than it's oh, portrays. Yeah. So.
1: Even if they were to watch it, they wouldn't enjoy Yeah, it.
0: so I feel like if you're looking for something funnier or more serious, mm-hmm. it's not in this movie. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a real-life, almost cynical look yeah. at the porn industry... Yeah, feel like yeah, that's here.
1: Probably, maybe, if you like uh, David Simon's The Deuce on HBO, which oh, also, yeah. I think, tackles yeah. uh, the porn industry maybe during the 70s as well. I think yeah, it's during the 70s. York. At
0: least yeah. that's what the Game of Thrones previews taught me, honey. Yeah, when that, or whenever that whatever that came on beforehand, I was watching those Deuce previews like, yeah. oh, I should watch this show, but then I was like, oh, Game of Thrones is on, better turn it off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it head either. But probably, <laughs> I hear it's, it's good. probably along the style, along yeah. his made
0: so, what did you think of the movie, Matt?
1: Oh, I really liked it. Mm. That's where we differ, I'm, I guess. <laughs> I might... I don't know if I'd say I love it mm. because of that like weird dragging feeling towards the middle. But I did... I really, really damn liked it. Like, oh. I wasn't expecting to like it so much, but within the first few minutes, you get that tracking shot, you get the music, you get the good vibes, you get the well-done exposition. It's just all of it came together for me, and a lot of the innovative shots as well. I will say there weren't as many, um, kind of like delicious camera, <laughs> camera angles. Delicious. Camera things, cam- yeah. <laughs> the no, no. It, oh, it gives me energy. What a glutton Matt is, sopping
0: yeah. up those delicious camera angles.
1: So it, it, well it only happened kind of in the first half of the film, so the second half I kind of lost some energy <laughs> because I didn't get enough of it. I needed more to keep me going. Okay. Like, in the in the beginning, I can go on, like, you see, it's a simple shot, but it's effective. You see, um, I think it's Amber Waves, uh, Julianne Moore's character, um, you see her through the lens of, like... Uh, <laughs> oh, the fisheye lens, Marky, yeah. No, no, through Marky Mark's legs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Marky yeah. Mark's legs are framing yeah. her, her... Her whole form. body, really. Yeah, her form. Yeah, her form. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and... Like, that was, a, that was a good shot to see. And then she says something like... Oh, like so you're your one conch. of those
0: cinematographites <laughs> that I hear about, huh?
1: I, I really do. When it comes like these, it just really adds something.
0: You gotta keep an eye out for you later on. Mm-hmm. I've got a few movies that might wet your whistle. Awesome. Uh, coming down the pipe.
1: <laughs> that's... Oh, I have a few, too, I'm kind of thinking about.
0: Oh, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> that spinning shot of uh, Mark's, oh, yeah. Mark's bedroom. The like one that. take, yeah. What else? There was one other thing. Oh, one thing I thought was really interesting, really interesting choice that I haven't seen replicated in any other film, mm. even by P.T. Anderson, was when the four of them are having a conversation. It's yeah. Mark, Roller Girl, Jack, and Julianne Moore's character, mm. Amber. They're at a table, at a restaurant table. Two on each side. Okay, I remember. The camera pans away from, you know, when you typically see this kind of restaurant shot, you have two people on one side. On one frame and, and two are the people one... on the other frame. Yeah. You have that here. It starts out that way, but then the camera pans away from, like, either the person on the left or on the right. So eventually, you get this weird off kilter shot of just Julianne Moore, and then it cuts to. The same sort of framing of just Mark Wahlberg and they're not even looking at each other But you get the sense that like they're connecting. Um, I think she's looking at him He's not looking at her which kind of also plays on that like maybe prey and Predator. uh, Yeah, prey and predator relationship. Okay. They kind of have just stuff like that very interesting design choice You hear Jack, Burt Reynolds' character, talking off-screen at this point just because the camera panned away from him Mm -hmm. unnecessarily but it just really adds something like he's he's a visual master i'm gonna say
0: so you really enjoyed this movie didn't you i really did well i'm happy for you i'm Uh, glad that this wasn't jonathan's you know menagerie of favorite films (laughs) and this one was kind of like you know the stopper to that i enjoyed it
1: i didn't expect to like it so much yeah i'm
0: not gonna say i loved it but i enjoyed it but i have one question for you yep what happened to april
1: where'd she go (laughs) Oh. Where'd she go? We had her in the beginning, and she's not here. Remember that uh, dragging feeling mentioned towards the second half? Ooh. Oh, she was its first victim.
0: Oh, she fell. She tuckered out fast asleep.
1: Yeah. Well... <laughs> The you current, win some, you lose some, don't you, Matt? Currently lying on the couch. Oh,
0: well, I mean, it's been
1: getting late. Yeah, and it's know? also the strawberry lime margarita probably. Didn't yeah. Help. It's been a lot that, of that. That'll
0: do it to you. But um, <laughs> before we go, I have a few uh, things to say to you, Matt. All right. Uh, thank you for giving us a movie that I haven't seen before Ooh, um, and breaking the trend in our fifth episode.
1: Yeah, messing it up a little.
0: I would like to say that on our next episode, we might have our special guest return. Yeah, very from From uh, the past, and you might make a... Uh, happening meeting, yeah. I and um, a, I
1: haven't been on a recording with them.
0: Yeah, and it is uh, my choice for film, mm-hmm. so I will leave you in the audience with this delicious hint. While this movie took place majorly in the seventies, my mm-hmm. next movie choice is set in the eighties, and I'll leave you this uh, quote that you might or might not, uh, you know, concern yourself with for the past time, you know, okay. for the, the next few days. Uh, Matt, you remind me of the Babe is that it that's
1: it
0: baby did you enjoy the show I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of the millions who talk about movies for shigs on the internet. Matt and I would like to personally thank anyone who contributes in any way. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. Huh. What do you mean that's not gonna fly with PBS, Matt? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are gonna listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, we'll just cut it in post.